1: We're back on Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowicki, Steve Geller. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Hit me up on Twitter, unless you're one of the people that's already been mean to me on Twitter, in which case, you know, go ahead. Keep doing it. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I... One of the yeah, you know, we're going to talk about Derek Carr. We're going to talk about stuff that didn't work, and the first thing is going to be Derek Carr. And the funny thing is, like, I'm sure po- folks are mean to him on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. He talked about that. And he, he was asked like, how do you block out the noise? And he's like, yeah, like to when he started in the league, it was just like, yeah, you go play football and you go home, and you you know, you might you might read something in the paper. You you know, you might, but you're not worried. If, you're not thinking like, oh, I'm going to like my mentions are a cesspool, my right trending, now. right, right. I'm going to have to put up a sponsored Instagram post, and the brand's going to be like, we can't advertise with you. Look at these flies uh, and it's and it's funny because it is a different part, especially the younger players who come up who just have dealt with that their whole lives, and they're you know they they are active on social media, like right. Mike Thomas is tweeting during the game, which come on, Mike don't tweet during the game that's just <laughs> I don't like that get, he, Mike can do what he wants to do, you know he's on injured deserve, but in I trouble I don't, with that I don't like the tweeting during the game thing, I really don't um. Cause it's like you can you're gonna say stuff and people are gonna take like you talked about the the behavioral analysis thing right you know like people are gonna take it a certain way they're gonna assume whatever you say is gonna oh he's tweeting their car he's doing that yeah stuff like that like if you're like the coaches have to be like Mike can you not you're not helping anybody like if you want to tweet about the the Ohio State game go I'll, I'll go for it do what you want to do during the Saints game come on man even if you're tweeting about something else. People are gonna take that. You tweet rap lyrics, but people are gonna they're gonna try to interpret it, and it's just gonna be extra noise. It doesn't have anyway. That's not what we're here to talk about. Why are we talking about that? Um, but yeah, it's it's ugly to be to talk about Derek Carr in any way on Twitter. And you know, one of the frustrating things for me, it's like not every bit of toxic groupthink ideology is correct. But if you try to challenge any of it, then you got people saying. Awful things. Yeah, I've blocked several people. I don't block a lot of people, but you know, if you think making if you think special needs jokes is funny on social media, I'm gonna block you immediately, right? Like I'm going to because that's not okay. Right. And like there's this idea that you can just be as abusive as you want to people, and because you're a fan of this team, that's acceptable. And it's like, you know, you can be mad about the result, but man the level of toxicity on social media, just the people who disagree with you, who disagree with you on a very specific thing, like whether throwing a back shoulder ball to a receiver 40 yards down the field, intentional or not is, is guaranteed to get them hurt. (laughs) Like, that's like, that's kind of my takes. Like that's just a play in the game. That's a play that happens dozen times during the course of a week. And Chris Olave landed on his head and it's a freak accident. You know, like, there's there's examples of terrible throws in that game. There's one to Rashid Shahid that is a, objectively a terrible throw. But it's not – I don't know. It's never that simple. And it's funny because I tweeted that and I was like, I think people are overreacting to this play in terms of its role in getting Chris Olave hurt. And people are like, well, he must be a Derek Carr stan and, and this and that. It was like – Yes, I, Derek I Carr said, here. let me get my number one receiver hurt. So stupid. I will read you the take – the paragraph that I wrote for my take – on the Derek Carr situation, uh, on the internet, it's documented. You can go find it. And this is, I'm quoting myself because people seem to think that I just have no indication of whether Derek Carr has been good or bad. I'm just standing for it regardless. I say Carr simply hasn't shown that he can elevate this offense and it's getting more and more difficult to endorse the idea of this being more than a one-and-done Project, you should be at the very least seeing signs of an identity and growth from this team. You've seen a lot of mostly empty yards. That's about it. This game, while being a bit unique in the sense of all the adverse circumstances you encountered, is just the latest installment in a season of misses. First of all, I think that's well written. Go me. Second of all, (laughs) like it is possible to have a more complex take than this guy sucks. Get him out of here. Like there is more going on than just Derek Carr not being good enough. But all that said, Derek Carr has not been good enough. And that is a fact. Like you can look at it and say, okay, they're doing some things better than they did earlier in the season. You can look at it and say they have generated a bunch of chunk plays. You can look at it and say, you know, Rashid Shahid has been a weapon. They've utilized him well down the field. You know, there's a lot of things you can point to and say this isn't all bad. But at the end of the day, you brought in Derek Carr for a reason. And right now, that doesn't look like a good reason. Um, and so you look at this game and you say, what about this game was different in terms of what he has struggled with all year. And at the end of the day, it's just the, it's just the same in different ways, right? Whether it's turnovers, whether it's penalties, whether it's missed opportunities, the saints have not gotten the job done in the red zone. And Derek Carr has not been a good red zone quarterback his entire career. Four so, facts right there. And, and so you, you look at it and you say, okay, you know, I don't think they're going to make any changes. I don't think this team would be better off with Jamison at quarterback. It would just be a whole different set of challenges that you're trying to figure out. But The question to me, it's like you're not looking at this and saying, okay, do changes need to be made? You're looking at this and saying you're going to the offseason. It's like not whether changes need to be made. It's how broad and sweeping do those changes need to be? Are you clearing out the entire coaching staff and trying to start fresh with Derek Carr quarterback? Are you clearing out the offensive coordinator and trying to install a new offense around Derek Carr quarterback? Are you trading up and maybe going to get a quarterback and saying Derek Carr is your bridge because you're going to have a hard time moving on from him anyway? My point is... There's more nuance to it than just saying everything Derek Carr does is terrible. And even talking about it in measured non-emotional ways means that you are in the bag for Derek Carr. I had someone say, you, you want to stay on Derek Carr's Christmas list. And, you know, in fairness, I bet that's a pretty fire Christmas list. I bet the cars give out some pretty, some pretty baller gifts. I'm just saying, it just seemed like that type of family. Um, I also had someone who said something nice to me on Twitter, which almost never happens. And someone replied to us that I was like, that I was uh, replying to my own tweets from a burner account. And funny because like, I probably would think the same thing because everyone's so mean on Twitter that like the yeah. idea that someone says a compliment, it was just so outlandish. And and I replied, I was like, no, if that was me and my burner account, which I don't even have a burner account. Uh, I use our, our 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 podcast account as my burner account. <laughs> But if like if that was me, I would have been way meaner to me. So yeah. Any, anyway, that's just a that's just a rant. But you know what? Like Derek Carr hasn't been good enough. We can just say it. We can we can be clear. He has not been good enough, and this team is struggling in a lot of ways, and it starts with him. And I don't know how if it's going to get better, as long as he's there. But at the end of the day, you got to watch it, and you got to look at it, and figure out what's going wrong in order to fix what's going wrong. And unless you can do that in a way that is that is more meaningful than this guy sucks, get him out of here, it's not analysis. It's just yelling. There was
2: a part in the game I felt a little bad for Carr, obviously, when you know, you're know you without Thomas, boom, yeah. you know, Shahid's limping around. Then Olave goes out of a concussion. It's like, well, who the heck is left? Yeah, it was like, it felt like last season when you're like, who the heck's left on this receiving court to throw to?
1: You know, it's funny because you want to be able to say, well, this game went a certain way because of that. And the problem is you can't because the, the issues existed when all three guys were healthy and they existed when all right. three guys weren't healthy. Um, they did move the ball even after those guys went out. You know, so it does give you at least some reason to think when they get out there on Sunday against the Lions, they will have some options. Right. Like they, they're they not dead in the water without those three receivers, but it changes your offense entirely in terms of what you're going to do. And it's going to force Pete Carmichael to get creative. And we know that hasn't been the uh, recipe for success so far this can season. We, can we hope for a miracle of miracles in the concussion protocol? It's possible. Right. Like, who knows? It, it's it's tough because right. it's a second concussion. Yeah, I, I hear you there. And they're not gonna. They're not gonna be more lenient on Chris just because the Saints are that desperate at wide receiver. But we need them. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's going to sway them. I think, uh, Zach, uh, Zach Ewing, who does the kind of one-on-one with Derek Carr every week, they talked about like the concussion protocol and like they, you have to like, mem- like you memorize certain things and repeat them back. And like, there's quizzes like that. And he's at one point, Derek was like, I don't know the answer to that question, but if you could have asked me two weeks ago and I wouldn't have known it then either. <laughs> right. So it's like, it's not, it's not a simple process to clear right, those right, neurological exams. Or, you know, it's not like you can cheat, not like you can study for them. Like they just, you kind of just got to do them. Although maybe because he's been through it before, maybe he's got a head start on what to expect. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Fingers but, crossed but can, for Olave. Yeah. So let's, let's move on to the next, the next topic in terms of what didn't work because it wasn't just Derek Carr. You know, the offense, obviously, there's a lot to talk about. We can talk about a lot of it. But there was another thing that didn't work, and that was the run defense. Um, and if, if this, if you're a four, three defense that can't stop the run, you're a bad defense. That's like the whole point of a four, three defense is to be able to, to kind of, to kind of gunk up the middle of the field. They looked far from elite in this game. Looked far from elite. No, what I mean? Like, like, again, they kept points off the board, but that wasn't because they stopped the run. It was because Tyron Matthew came up with two very timely interceptions. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you look at it, uh, you know, Bijan Robinson had his way all game. You know, what you can say is you didn't allow any any huge runs like you didn't allow any like 30, 40 yard runs. But there was a lot of 10 to 15 yeah. yard runs in that game. And those are just body blows. And you saw those really I mean, did they throw the ball on that on that last drive for a, for a field goal? I don't think they did. And you were only really able to stop them once they got into the field goal range, and they really just kind of, kind of compressed everything to make sure that nothing crazy happened because the field goal basically won them the game. There, um, you know, like, but, but again, it's like one of the reasons you struggle to contain mobile quarterbacks, right? Is because you have these big, bulky defensive ends. You're built to stop the run, and when you're not doing that. And you you know you have these corners on the outside. I thought the corners played pretty well, right? I think you know even without Marshawn, I thought you locked down pretty well on the outsides. But you didn't force them to have to beat you on the outsides, and so that that's the, your advantage is gone. When all all they have to do is is run a trap play up the middle, you know, on these zone run, like that's a problem. And like you're gonna play this team again in week 18, and that could be a game where the winner goes on to the postseason, and What's going to change? Like, what? what's different then than you saw this week? I don't, I mean, it's like you're, not, you're healthy on the defensive line, you're healthy in the linebacker core. So, yeah. They, Nathan Shepard and Colin Saunders, I'm sorry, not getting the job though, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, Cam Jordan, right? Like, one of the things I'll say about Cam Jordan typically is like, I think if you're obsessed about the number of sacks, then you're never going to be. Th- satisfied with cam jordan's performance because he's always been a run first defensive end and he will always be a run first defensive end but in order for the value there to make sense you, you have to also stop the run and in a game where they had 41 rushing attempts if you include the scrambles he had a one assisted tackle the entire game and it's like if you're if you're gonna say well you know I stop the run first. And then I worry about the quad Like I play the run on the way to the quarterback and you, you you they're, they're in 41 times. They didn't run away from you. They're not running away from cam. They're not running at Carl Granderson, right. you know? And so, so like where, where was your impact in that game? It just wasn't there. It's like, if you're, if your stars are not playing like stars on defense, and you're are you you know you're having this inconsistency on offense that's a problem and so you know that, that run defense you know you're not going to face the falcons every week you're not going to face a team that wants to pound the ball like that every week but you are going to face them again and and i saw nothing to close out that game that 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 told me that that when they meet again in 6 weeks you're going to see a different result so i don't know i don't know if it's a if you got to have kind of a come to jesus you know, if you gotta figure out a way to do something different, maybe Peyton Turner gets back. He did travel with the team. Maybe he as a as a kind of a an athletic interior player, maybe he helps in that regard. Maybe JPP can continue to have an impact. He did play. I thought he played reasonably well. But that's a problem. And I don't and if you can't fix it, then we don't no, la- really have nothing we, to talk about. Last year obviously
2: was like, all right, you know, we need to make a change and you know, the the change really hasn't done anything up front on the D line. So far this year and it just it's sad to see when, you know, the run defense was such a strength a couple just a couple years ago, but it's it's deteriorated so rapidly.
1: Go back to, I think, it was week 15 in 2020? The game you went up and faced the Eagles. At going into that game, the Saints had not allowed a 100-yard rusher in like three seasons. The last time it was like Samaje P. Ryan right, right, in exactly. that game against Washington that the Saints came back from like 10 points down, if you remember that game, uh, and they wanted an overtime. Um, I remember that game vividly because I turned it off. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and I looked at the score. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa what? Whoa. Uh, anyway, it's the, t- the type of thing that this Saints team definitely isn't going to do this year, right? Right. Uh, in that game, the Eagles ran. The, the Eagles not only ran, had a hundred yard rusher. They had two of them because Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts both did it. And you know, it's like it felt like at the time I was like, well, that's kind of an anomaly. Now it feels like that happens way too often. And in this game, you actually didn't allow a hundred yard rusher, but you came pretty close. Bijan yeah, right. it 91 yards on 16 carries. That's 5.7 yards per carry. He had a touchdown. Tyler Algier, 64 yards on 10 carries. That's 6.4 yards per carry. Cordero Patterson, 43 yards on 8 carries. It's 5.4 yards per carry. I mean, you can't allow an average of 5.6 yards per rush. And again, that's a very true number. That's not a number that is influenced by okay, they had 180. Like You go back to the Colts game and you're like, well, their yards per carry looks a lot better because they had a 40-yard run from Zach Moss and a 44-yard run from Jonathan Taylor, and the rest of the game, you kind of stifled them. No, there were no long runs in this game, right? B. John Robinson's long run was 17. Tyler Argeo's long run was 14. Cordell was Patterson's kick, long kick, run kick, was 12. Away. Right. Desmond Ritter's long run was 16. So that 5.6 is very much representative Of what happened all day long. And so, yeah, I mean, like to me, it's like you can, you know, pick your poison, right? What is your biggest concern? You you went into this season hoping the Derek Carr offense could be dynamic and be better than we've seen. But you know, the, the idea was this season, it's like you're you're really just trying to get that offense to a point that it can support a dominant. Defense. Right. The idea was never we are going to have a top three offense and then the defense is just going to be able to sit around and do whatever it wants. Um, you would hope. But the the point was you you the whole idea of kind of keeping this going was you have a championship caliber defense and you don't want to waste it. Right. And and based on what we have seen through 12 weeks, I think this is an average defense at best. Right, an average
2: defense that's definitely been fortunate enough, thankfully, at creating turnovers, which has made them a lot more, uh, I guess, scarier to deal with than than really uh, you'd think. Because other than that, uh, there's nothing. The the stopping the run is a huge issue, obviously, when it just spills over. Now, even gets magnified more. I'll say, with with whatever quarterback being back uh, uh, under center being able to to take off and. You know, Ritter didn't kill us to kill the Saints, but it was still 11, 12 yard run to pick up a first kind of deal that it was like that little nibble. And uh, they just kept nibbling away with the run game, which worked. And, and the Saints just have not shown the ability, one, to stop the run. Or I, I guess it got better this game, their their ability to pound the rock more, but it still felt like. You know, the, the Taysom Hill stat, I'll say, we got we got to that, but I was, like, almost forced to say, ha, we, we got the seven carries and we didn't
1: get the win. Yeah. No, right, right. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. Like, that. I, I call it the seven for seven stat. <laughs> um, you know, so what, they're 17 and two now or whatever right. it was when he gets up. You know, the funny thing is, like, he did get to that number. And if if not for that fumble, right, you know, that probably is the reason you won. You know, and so realistically, it's like you look at that and say, like, that it doesn't prove the stat wrong. It actually proves the stat right because you were one <laughs> non, you know, it's just a, a like a freak punch out play. And but his involvement got you there. It got you to the point where you felt like, oh, first and goal from that's inside true, the right. ten. This is where you take control of this game. So I don't know. I had some, somebody say like they benched him after after that play. And I, I don't think that's necessarily true. Um, he doesn't play every offensive snap anyway. I think he only had 25 snaps like he's in certain packages. So. When you're down two scores it's it's it, you're not running those packages as frequently. And the thing is like I think if you got the if the defense went in there and got the ball back for the offense and you were in decent field position and you just had to again go down and go score to take the lead, I think you would have seen more taysom Hill even like the fumble isn't the reason you didn't see him again. Um, but the problem is the Falcons got the ball at their five, drove 95 yards for a touchdown suddenly instead of being down two, you're down nine. And you got to score twice. And so you don't have the luxury of, of pounding away and trying to, you know, ch- churn out some first downs. You know, like I said, you know, it's not a situational part of your offense. Well, when you're that late in the game, down two scores, you do have to abandon some of, of what you probably had in your game plan. Um, so, but I think, you know, I don't think that, that not, my point is the stat now being wrong, I don't think is an indicator that the stat is wrong. That right, I know what you're saying. Right. Like, I think this, the reason the stat is is the way it is, is because when you do that, it typically means you are succeeding and, you know, you're controlling the ball. And that is what you did on that drive. Well, just,
2: I think Triplett responded with the fact that now they're 15 and one when he's got eight carries.
1: yeah that's why that's it it was always kind of a dumb number because it's so arbitrary I think I still think like the 40 I think the total rushing yards is a better number although I'm sure there's like a there's a better number you could find of like total yardage but no matter what this game will be an aberration because Taysom had a huge game right he had seven carries for 26 yards He had two carries for fifty-five. I'm sorry, two catches for fifty-five yards. One of them was a thirty-six-yard man. That grab was amazing, right? And so, like, he had an impact in this game, and you just lost it. But um, a couple other things before we go, and we don't have to harp on it. Another thing that didn't work was At Perry's brain brain malfunction, right? Well, you know, it's funny because I I listened to the Deuce the 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 spot you did with Deuce, and, and Deuce said he. Thought he just forgot to play. I don't, I think based on what Dennis Allen said and what Derek said, he thought he false started and he expected a penalty to be thrown. And that's why he didn't go. But like, even if that's the case, you got to go until the refs stop you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right? Like, you can't assume they're going to throw a flag. You know? Like, the, we've seen the refs screw up. We know the refs aren't going to get everything, right? Like, there's a two-point conversion against the Vikings. Half the offensive line false started. They didn't call it. Like, they're not going to call it every time. And you can't bail on a play because you think you 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 false started. Like, Very worst case, right. you're running that play and then apologizing afterward because I'm sorry I screwed up, but we got another chance. Not running that play... And you know, some people ask, oh, well, why why would you run it to him in that situation? So they're doubling inside. You have your six foot five wide receiver getting one on one. It wasn't AJ Terrell. I can't recall who was in coverage, but like that's a matchup you he's here to exploit. That makes sense. He's on the field. He's got to be an option in certain situations, and they're daring you to throw to him. And he has an advantage. If you put that fade up there and he can go get it, we saw him do it against the Vikings. Like he can go up and get a ball. So like I don't. I don't think like like again. It's just an example. Of, like we're going to say that's on Derek Carr. Or we're going to say that's on Pete Carmichael. At Perry got to be better than that. You got to understand your job. You got to do it. And you know, in terms of his opportunity to kind of cement a role, now it doesn't matter because you don't have any other wide receivers anyway. So his role is going to be a, he's going to have a role. <laughs> you don't really have an option anymore. But right. you know, in terms of the confidence of the quarterback, he didn't get another target. In that game until the final drive, so you know that's like you, know, you talk. You hear this with Aaron Rodgers, and you know I know Randall Cobb was on the Jets for the sole purpose of explaining to the wide receivers if Derek, if Aaron doesn't like you, he's not going to throw you the ball. <laughs> like trust is important. You got to trust guys to be where they're supposed to be, uh, and with a rookie, that's always tough. And so you know I give I give AT a little credit because he did save a possession when Derek got the ball kind of knocked out in a scramble, and he was just johnny on the spot and, and collected it and he's Absolutely. not going to get much credit for that in the stat sheet but it did right. save a drive so he does deserve credit there and you know he's a rookie you're not going to hold it against him too much it's just it's disappointing um that he wasn't able to at least give himself a chance to take advantage of that opportunity the other thing is so why did Derek throw the ball anyway even though he didn't run the route well when you're running when you're throwing a fade that ball comes out early you got to get it out early because you got to you got to loft it. You got to get it to the spot with enough tra- trajectory. And so you don't, you're not sitting there watching and seeing if the receiver is winning before you throw it. You're just taking your drop. You're putting it up in the right spot. And what Derek said is he, he saw him kind of stuttering uh, thinking that that was his release. But in reality, he was just kind of like hopping up and down because he was mad at himself. And so the throw went there anyway, but I, I think that would be the case. You, you're not bailing on the throw based on what the receiver is doing, you're just you're you're throwing that ball. Well, motion, right. Seat. So that's frustrating to see. Um I I think there was a few others, but you know that it, it all comes back to the to the same point is, you know, you look at this offense and you see potential and you see talent and you see chances and missed chances and missed opportunities and <sighs> And you hear the same things week after week, and that's what Alvin's mad about. Like that's what Alvin is talking about when he says this team talks a lot. They they say they have to be better, but what? Where are we getting better? And and in that game specifically, it felt like he took a step back. And once again, obviously, when you have these red zone
2: issues, it's going to be brought up over and over and over. Why the heck you got Jimmy Graham on this roster when he is a red zone target, red zone specialist, whatever you want to consider him, yet you refuse to utilize him. And then on days during the week, like Wednesday, he pops up on an injury report with rest, and it's just insulting.
1: Or Jimmy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, well. Hopefully, he, he's you know he's, he's you got it. If
2: you, if you can catch a ball, you're in the lineup to not. To, uh, hopefully, he's Sunday. rested because I
1: think this is a week where you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to get something from somebody, and whether it's Jimmy, whether it's Jawan, whether it's Lynn, whether it's John Trey, I don't care. Marquez Callaway, I uh, better be ready. Yeah, I mean, we might need Jawan to switch back to a wide receiver. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's wrap up that segment. We will come back and talk about you know what, the few things that did work. There were a few positives that that are worth pulling out of this game, and then we're kind of kind of reset and say, okay, where are we in the standings? What does it look like? Do the Saints control their own destiny? Parentheses, yes, they do. Uh, and we'll talk about that. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowaki, Steve Geller. The dog is shaking around. I don't know if you heard that, but he's very very annoyed at me.
2: Uh, I thought maybe it, is there a, a thunderstorm approaching?
1: No, no, there's a, there's a walk approaching that has, is a little behind schedule. And so I expect this last segment to be interrupted at least once. But we're going to do it. We're going to get it done. This is Inside Black and Gold again. If you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and do that. The Saints might let you down, but we well, probably will let you down too. That's, that's okay. You know, we, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to tell you things that aren't true. Um, but all right, let's, uh, let's do it.